Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the... Course in Miracles podcast. Shout out to uh, David. I believe your name was David. Thank you for sending me that email regarding lesson 68 and 69. Someone else had actually sent me uh, the same concern which I believe I addressed the day of. So keep them coming. Uh, what I really appreciated about the message that you sent, David, was that <clears throat> you mentioned that you haven't been able to keep up with the course until you heard this podcast, which is the exact reason I'm doing the podcast. Selfishly, it's for me. It's so that I show up and do this stupid thing. Um, it's not. There's nothing stupid about Course in Miracles, but... Um, for real, in the coaching world, as I've mentioned before, we refer to it as structure sufficient to resistance. By the way, if anyone would ever like to book a call with me to discuss blowing up your life, the work I do as a coach is very, very, very powerful. It's very good stuff. I've been coaching for 12 years, professionally trained, years and years of training, thousands of hours, currently have about I don't know, I'd say 4,000 professional paid hours accumulated minimum, probably more, um, all often under the guidance of brilliant trained professionals. So I was trained through a company called Accomplishment Coaching in San Di- based in San Diego. I trained in Chicago, and then I was on their, lead- their leadership track for an additional three years. And then I went through this continuing education course called Whetstone and All of my colleagues are brilliant. Coaching in like the deepest sense of what coaching is meant to be is deeply transformation and permanently transformational. And it's based in or on results. So there's something that you will have when you are finished working with me that you can measure very often, like a lot more money or a a newly reinvented relationship or... Um, a baby that's happened more than once, a baby. I was actually just on Facebook and this client of mine, former client of mine who hired me for like six months in 2013 or something. Um, he met his, he met his girlfriend or his now wife at, on like, it was like our fourth or fifth call. He's like, yeah, I think I, 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 I think, maybe I should go out on a date with this girl, but I'm freaked out. And I'm like, well, you know, possibilities exist beyond what's comfortable for us. And I basically talked him into it and now he's married and he just posted on Facebook the picture with him and his wife and his baby bump. So my coaching makes babies. How about that? Okay. Enough, enough about me and my coaching. But again, coaching is powerful. If you want to have a no cost no obligation, no sales pitch, and no pressure conversation about where you are, where you'd like to be, and what's in the way of that, I would be happy to book one of those calls with you. Again, I wasn't expecting on pitching my coaching. I should probably pitch it more, actually. I should get a little bit more intentional about it. It's okay. It's okay to own that I want to get more clients and make more money. Anyway, uh, again, David, thank you. Appreciate it. So glad that you're um, that you're listening. Honored that you're listening. Honored that each and every one of you is listening. Shane, I hope you're listening. Greg, maybe you're listening. Alan, are you listening? Have you stuck through all the way to lesson 100? Who else? Mary? Who else? I'm not sure. 
Thanks again to each and every one of you. And as I mentioned, this is a structure sufficient to my resistance, which is a coaching. We would refer to that as a distinction in coaching. What would, what would, what's something you can put in that would guarantee that you show up? And like, let's say you want to, you're writing a book. Well, what if you joined a Wednesday morning writing group? Or uh, what if you created a, a, a deal, so to speak, with your partner uh, that would, you know, guarantee that you would show up for your writing and that would also reinvent the relationship and the process and lead to more of every, everything, that sort of thing. So this podcast is a structure sufficient to my resistance because if I didn't have the Davids of the world to answer to or the Marys of the world to answer to or the Antons of the world to answer to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Jennies of the world to answer to, I would not be doing this thing. <clears throat> anyway, without further ado, we have reached lesson 100. We are now in the double flipping digits so those of you that have done a lesson every single day to the best of your ability, congratulations. So happy for you. So proud of you. So honored to be working with you. And let's get right down to it. Lesson 100. My part is essential, <clears throat> excuse me, in God's, to God's plan for salvation. My, plan, my part is essential to God's plan for salvation. Just as God's son completes his father, so your part in it completes your father's plan. Salvation must reverse the mad belief in separate thoughts and separate bodies, which lead separate lives and go their separate ways. In other words, we are all one. One function shared by separate minds unites them in one purpose, for each one of them is equally essential to them all. God's will for you is perfect happiness. Why should you choose to go against his will? The part that he has saved for you to take in working out his plan is given you that you might be restored to what he wills. This part is essential to his plan as to your happiness. So in other words, we becoming happy is God's plan. So when we give up our ego's sadness, depression, uh, the, pointing of our uh, the pointing of the ego's finger, when we give all that stuff up, uh, we are we are accepting God's plan for salvation. This part is an essential. This part is as essential to His plan as to your happiness. This part is uh, your joy must be complete to let His plan be understood by those to whom He sends you. They will see their function in your shining face and hear God calling to them in your happy laugh. You are indeed essential to God's plan. Without your joy, his joy is incomplete. Without your smile, the world cannot be saved. While you are sad, the light that God himself appointed as the means to save the world is dim and lusterless, and no one laughs because all laughter can but echo yours. Tell me that is just not as beautiful as can possibly be. I'm going to read that one more time. You are indeed essential to God's plan. Without your joy, his joy is incomplete. Without your smile, the world cannot be saved. While you are sad, the light that God himself appointed as the means to save the world is dim and lusterless, and no one laughs because all laughter can but echo yours really beautiful. I realize I can sound a little sarcastic. That is truly beautiful. 
You are indeed essential to God's plan. Just as your light increases every light that shines in heaven, so your joy on earth calls to all minds to let their sorrows go and take their place beside you in God's plan. God's messengers are joyous, and their joy heals sorrow and despair. They are the proof that God's, God wills perfect happiness for all who will accept their Father's gift as theirs. We will not let ourselves be sad today, <clears throat> for if we do, we fail to take the part that is essential to God's plan as well as to our vision. Sadness is the sight that you would play another part instead of what has been assigned to you by God. Read that one again. Sadness is the sign that you would play another part instead of what has been assigned to you by God. Thus you fail to show the world how great the happiness he wills for you. And so you do not recognize that it is yours. I'm reminded of The Eye of the Eye by Dr. David Hawkins. He talks about this a little bit, or perhaps a lot. Check out that book, The Eye of the Eye, from which nothing is hidden. Today we will attempt to understand joy is our function here. If you are sad, your part is unfulfilled, and all the world is thus deprived of joy along with you. God asks you to be happy so the world can see how much he loves his son and wills no sorrow rises to abate his joy and wills no sorrow and wills no sorrow rises to abate his joy. No fear begets him to disturb his peace. You are God's messenger today. You bring his happiness to all you look upon, his peace to everyone who looks on you and sees his message in your happy face. We will prepare ourselves for this today in our five-minute practice periods by feeling happiness arise in us according to our Father's will and ours. Begin the exercises with the thought today's idea contains. Then realize your part is to be happy. <clears throat> Only this is asked of you or anyone who wants to take his place among God's messengers. So the only, the, all that is asked of you is to realize your part is to be happy. That's it. You just want to realize that your part in God's plan is to be happy. Only this is asked of you or anyone who wants to take his place among God's messengers. I think that that also, what's the word? That also states um, that if you want to be one's, like that if you want to be one of God's messengers, you can be. You just have to do these simple things. Think what that means. Or think what this means. You have indeed been wrong in your belief that sacrifice is asked. You will receive according to God's plan and never lose or sacrifice or die. Here we, excuse me, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Sorry, I lost my, lost my place. I had to go back. Now let us try to find the joy that proves to us and all the world God's will for us. It is your function that you find it here and that you find it now. For this you came. Let this one be the day that you succeed. Look deep within you and undismayed by all the little thoughts and foolish goals you pass as you ascend to meet the Christ in you. Listen to that one again. Look deep within you, undismayed by all the little thoughts and foolish goals you pass as you ascend to meet the Christ in you. 
Here we will, he will be there, and you can reach him now. What could you rather look upon in place of him who waits that you may look on him? What little thought has power to hold you back? So, uh, you know, an example of a little thought would be, eh, screw that person, eh, screw that person, they, they'd done me wrong, or screw my old landlords, or screw that person with a dog at the coffee shop, or screw that person listening to their phone without headphones. Little thoughts, right? And so we don't want to give those little thoughts power to hold us back. What foolish goal can keep you from success when he who calls to you is God himself, right? He will be there. You are essential to his plan. You are his messenger today, and you must find what he would have you give. Do not forget the idea for today between the hourly practice periods. It is yourself who calls to you today, and it is him you answer every time you tell yourself you are essential to God's plan for salvation of the world. Amen to all that. What a beautiful lesson. It's just such a, they just keep getting better and better and better. I don't know about you, but as I've mentioned before recently, I keep having these just beautiful, beautiful moments. You know, I actually sent a, an email to uh, my, the former landlords who I've mentioned today. I sent them a Facebook message, or I sent one of them a Facebook message today, basically telling, telling them, like reminding him that he lied to me and that that lie was destructive. And, and I get that in The Course in Miracles, we are supposed to forgive. We forgive everyone always for everything. And I certainly, I, I can't say that I'm entirely to the point where like it's squeaky clean. I think it was important that I express that. So it does not mean when we're forgiving everyone and we're taking our, uh, taking our place in this, the, the atonement by, um, by becoming part or an integral part in this interlocking chain of forgiveness, which is the atonement, uh, it doesn't mean that we condone. It doesn't mean that we don't assert ourselves. It doesn't mean that we let people walk all over us. It doesn't mean that we allow ourselves to be victimized. Um, it does mean that eventually, inevitably, hopefully sooner than later, we have to get o- over that stuff. Um, but that being said, sometimes it is important for us to express things. And what I expressed was basically the truth of what happened. You know, you told me a lie. The lie was damaging. And I told, called them liars. They are liars. I probably shouldn't have gone that far. But what you going to do? You know, in sharing all of this, I got or relaying this message to them or sending them this message, I felt peace at the end of it. And so... Course in Miracles basically says, if you'll know you made the right decision if you do the thing and you feel peace. If you, you'll know you made the wrong decision if you do the thing and then you feel turmoil. That's basically it. And so I really, I, it took me months to send this thing. So I didn't just send it hastily, but there was something inside of me that was saying that I needed to express this thing. So again, this is the world. This is the world of bodies, Forgive them, they know not what they do. Yes, I speak in lofty language. Yes, Jesus was nailed to the cross and he forgave the Roman soldiers. But I'm telling you, living in that dysfunctional environment was, there was a heck of a lot of suffering going on there. It was in so many ways like a prison, a prison that I actually attracted into my own life. And I'm very well aware that I'm playing the victim in the situation. And I'm very well aware of the fact that playing the victim has a lot of juice 
because when we play the victim, it gives us a little story to tell. You can see people almost professionally playing the victim nowadays. Um, and I guess the reason that I'm sharing this story is just to demonstrate that not only, or to illustrate perhaps, that not only am I a very dedicated Course in Miracles student, I'm also a very dead, I'm a, I'm a human being. I'm faulted. I'm not perfect. Sometimes my ego or my emotions or my feelings get the best of me. And I think that our feelings and our emotions get the best of all of us at times. It's, um, it's being able to realize when our goat has been got and come back to the voice of God, to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and to allow he, she, him, her, it, whatever, to redirect our thinking so that we ultimately may have peace inside, that is essential. And so you doing that little part or you recognizing when you're kind of off your rocker, right, and coming back to the voice of God, that is part of this part that is essential to God's plan for salvation, which is a lesson a lesson 100 Amazing work, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.